This Augusta Golf Show podcast is brought to you by Audi Augusta, online at AudiAugusta.com. Jaime Diaz covers the game for Golf Channel and still writes for GolfChannel.com. Jaime was good friends with Tim Rosaforth, Tim passing away earlier this week. Complications from Alzheimer's. Pleasure to welcome Jaime Diaz back to the Augusta Golf Show. How you doing, Jaime? I'm fine, John. Nice talking to you. You too. You too. I debated doing this for a couple of reasons. One, um, I was going to ask you to, to talk about Tim. And I had you on the show years ago when Seve passed. And, and, and you were talking about Seve. And I, and I know it's not easy to talk about friends who have passed away. But here's the other thing. You know, you and Tim were friends. I knew Tim. But the listener this morning probably only knew Tim from, from television and, and from if they read his work. So help the listener understand this morning, Jaime, who Tim Roseforth was. Well, other than what the listener knew, or uh, in, at least in, the, in recent years, which is that Tim was uh, a long time and valued and uh, uh, I think... Uh, unique presence on Golf Channel in that he was the insider, the person who was very connected to the game and had many of the sources and talked about uh, all kinds of things with all kinds of players and caddies and agents and uh, administrators, everyone in the game, to, uh, to acquire a lot of things you wouldn't otherwise know. And even players uh didn't know sometimes because Tim would talk to any number of player of people that had unique information, and he was just great at knowing what a story needed or what you know what uh, perhaps was out there that no one might have known that he did know, and and that's why he was someone who who was on Golf Channel for about uh, better than twenty years. Uh, but before that, you know, Tim was a a magazine writer, and before that he was a newspaper writer, and before that he was a college football player. And uh, I can give you, a, you know, a sort of biography uh, of where he grew up and, and whatever you need, but uh, I think just in, a, in terms of a thumbnail, he was a guy who grew up in uh, Salem, New York, uh, loved sports. Dad was a garbage man. Uh, he... Uh, he was good at football in particular. He was a big guy and uh, played. I, I think he was even in the, front, the fun pass and kick. I don't think they have that anymore. He said one of his great disappointments was he was leading the fun pass and kick, and he, and he slipped on the, the last event, which I think was a, a punt, and kicked it kicked 10 yards and didn't get a chance to go to uh, the Giants game at uh, Yankee Stadium and perform at halftime. But – after that, he, uh, he went on and continued to play football, and he went to uh, Bridgeport University, and then he went to Rhode Island University when Bridgeport discontinued their football program. He was an outside linebacker, and he was, uh, he was a good player. I, I think that was Division One A. I I happened to talk to his, uh, his coach at the time for at least one season. His name was Dave Campo, and football fans may remember that he ended up becoming the head coach at for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And and Dave had very good memories of Tim as a player. Not that he was particularly um, gifted in terms of speed. He was actually too slow to be a, you know, 
professional football player. He couldn't get, couldn't quite get to the edge. But what he remembered about Tim very well was that Tim would study film and Tim would uh, study the other team uh, and come to the sidelines and almost be his own coach or, or at least talk to the other players and be a coach. And he would he would find ways to to make the play. He wasn't he wasn't super slow. It was just that he enhanced what he had with knowledge of the game. And I only bring that up because it really is a microcosm of the way Tim uh, developed as a journalist. You know, after he left uh, football in college and graduated, he got a job I think in Tampa and wanted to be a sports writer and really hadn't you know, done a lot other than maybe the college newspaper and just dabbling. But he really applied himself, and uh, he uh, he became a pretty good uh, typist and, and a good and a good enough writer uh, to to be able to be a sports writer. But I, I I think what really carried Tim forward was his his ability with people and the way he communicated so well. And and Tim was uh, just a very easy guy to be around. And I think I came through on television. Um, he was not that different in his television persona, which the way he was on the, in life, which was just someone who, uh, you know, was, was relaxed and had time to explain things in a nice, concise way, with no impatience. And, you know, like someone you would want to actually have something, someone explain to you in, in, uh, in life without, you know, any sort of uh, pressure. Yeah. And Tim was just very good at, uh, you know, being able to talk to people. And he made fast friends all over. I'm going on and on here, but uh, he, made, he made great friends all through his life because of that. We're talking with Jaime Diaz here on the Augusta Golf Show. Let me tell three things real quick about my interactions with Tim. Everything you said reflected in my interactions with Tim. First of all, Jaime, he made me feel like a peer. I'm nowhere near his peer, but he would make me feel that way when he talked to you. He would make it feel like you were the most important person he was talking to that day. I don't know who else he was talking to, but you felt the most important. And then there was this interaction. I'll never forget this. I would go up to him. I went up to him one particular time after the golf writers dinner. And over the last few years, Tim would emcee that dinner. And I would tell him, good job. And he looked at me, Jaime, and he said, John, I've seen you do this. You do a much better job. I can't. Who says that? Who says those sorts of things? Well, Rosefort does, and in terms of thinking of you as a peer, he probably thought of you as his uh, his superior in skill, uh, in terms of especially what you do, which, you know, it's not that outrageous an opinion, but as you say, usually in people in media, there's a, there's a bit of ego that people carry themselves like they're, they're the ones. Uh, and, you know, it's just natural because you're, you have to perform and, and people have a high opinion of, you know, and high confidence. Tim was extremely humble. And I think it, it started, and I, I over-explained probably his beginnings, but I think because he came from uh, a start in which he was constantly having to learn and ask questions and study others and, and try to improve by all kinds of, you know, ways that uh, were basically personal because he not only did he feel like he, 
he needed to improve, but he wanted to be really good. And I think that's that combination of humility and ambition is what what made him special. And you know, he he definitely when he said that, you were talking, uh, you felt like he was making you the most important person. He felt that way because he felt like, okay, here's a guy I can learn from. Here's a guy who, if I um, exchange ideas uh, in, in a way that, and this was not a manipulative way, but in a way that was gracious, we'll have a nice conversation and I'll learn. And at the same time, I like people and I like John and, and it's a win-win. And I think that's how Tim went through life. And imagine thousands of those kind of interactions. You come away with thousands of friends. And then when he became uh, a better sports writer, when he worked at different places, West, West, um, sorry, Palm Beach Post, uh, Fort Lauderdale News, um, or uh, Sun Sentinel, I believe, and then later uh, Golf Digest and Sports Illustrated, and finally the Golf Channel, he was collecting all these all these sources who were at first in football and different sports, then later concentrated in golf. And he kept those numbers because he was extremely well um, well disciplined and had great time management skills, really organized. And he really cultivated those sources, not really with a lot of um, strain on his part because he enjoyed it and people enjoyed him. But he would end up having hundreds of those people. Uh, and that's why when the time came at Golf Channel, especially, he could find people quickly. They'd return his phone call, and he'd get, him on the, get the story on the air. And that's what made him so valuable and, in the end, unique, because he had more, more contacts than anyone, and he was able to get them more quickly than anyone. And he was on television in a way that perhaps other sports had some insiders, like Peter Gammons in baseball or Will McDonough in football, and Tim was that to golf. Well, I love I love the line that he broke the story but never broke his word. What are you gonna What are you gonna What are you gonna miss most about your friend? Oh, uh, you know his warmth, uh, the things, everything, everybody picked up on. Uh, but you know, I had the, the privilege of having close proximity to him at Golf Digest and at Sports Illustrated, and later at Golf Channel. And then just a lot of a lot of rounds of golf together where we really, you know, become relaxed and get to know people. And so, you know, he was just, you know, great company and a lot of fun to be around. And he was a good listener and he and he had his own, you know, I would say insecurities like we all do, but he was very open about those. And, you know, when I, I, when I wrote about him recently uh, with Golf Channel, I, the word vulnerability came to mind, and, you know, we that's kind of a, a a new age popular trend to talk about the power of vulnerability, but it's been instructive because I think it is something that, that allows people to be accessible and um, good friends because they let their guard down and they let you know what makes them human, and suddenly you feel more free to open up as well, and, and Tim had that, and that's what I'll miss, those kind of interactions that that stem from Tim's, you know, humility and openness and, and all the humor that, re- that came from that and all the fun we had just playing a game that he really came to love. I mean, he really threw himself into golf in his 20s without having played as a kid. He just liked sports. 
and all that sports knowledge and all that sports energy he transferred into golf, and then it became a subject that he, you know, uh, needs to know about professionally. You know, we just really connected on over over golf. He is Jaime Diaz from Golf Channel. Um, thank you for saying yes, my friend, when I picked up the phone and asked you to do this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for all of us. Thank you, Jaime, for doing this. Thanks, John. You know, I'll just say very quickly, it was very sad when Tim contracted uh, Alzheimer's, of course. Uh, I felt like the last few days, including the day of his death, were days of celebration almost, of a, a great person, a great career, and a lot of tributes and a lot of heartfelt emotion. And it hasn't been sad. It's been uplifting. It has. It has. I, I only hope he knew how much he was loved. Well, I hope, you know, whatever the metaphysical realities are, if he happened to see that reaction, he would have been extremely proud. Uh, and I think he would have felt like his life, which offered a lot of sacrifices to do what he did, not it was that it was a hard life, but he sacrificed a lot for his career, how worth it it was. Thank you, Jaime. Thank you, Josh.